Hello and welcome to sex time. Yep. That hey. is what is happening. I thought this one was going to fail too because I didn't get the hold music. But uh, you picked up. Yep. It's all working out just as we planned it. Yeah, this is kind of typical though. I mean, when's the last time it went smoothly? Never. I guess I'm just when we were in the car together and it didn't yeah. have to connect with anything. Yeah, that might be that might be it. You're outside again. Can you tell? Well, I mean, you told me, but um, you also sound a little bit like you're doing something aerobic. Uh, yeah, it makes for a really good podcast with breathlessness. We are so concerned with this being a good podcast. Yeah. Should I say our motto? Well, next time. It's a bad podcast that's fun to make and no one listens to it. I think um, what we have finally tapped into for our market, though, is getting um, really strange, like, perhaps not native English speaker propositions on Facebook Messenger. Yeah. Facebook is a... I thought Instagram is the platform that would make the least amount of sense, but it's Facebook. Yeah. um, It's like... uh, hello, hi, hello, uh, thumbs up, thumbs up back. And then <laughs> Facebook is like, uh, you should keep up your response rate because that's what is expected here. So I reply like, hey, tell all your friends about sex time. And then, or like about our podcast. And then they reply back, yeah, help me get laid. Or um, do you like sex? No. Um, we are a podcast about television shows okay, hi, 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 hi. And it's like, I don't understand what this conversation is. I feel like if people are um, trolling the internet for some strange, Facebook Messenger is not the most effective place. You know, you can report it as spam so it doesn't hurt the response rate. And also, we don't really care about the response rate. No, I kind of want to see where these conversations are going. One of the accounts is no longer active. I can't reply to the message anymore. So, oh, shame. Yeah. So that um, that could have been something. <laughs> I mean, that could have been like that could have been my life partner. It could have been. Yeah. Maybe maybe they'll come back in stronger a, than ever in a in a theoretical um, multiverse where there are infinite universes and infinite possibilities. I have babies with that person. Yeah, it's true. And so do you. And so does everyone at the same time (laughs) that person could be our king what if the entire planet was in one polyamorous relationship uh i mean it makes more sense than anything else that would be so time consuming (laughs) (laughs) seven billion partners okay no let's cut out the minors uh five and a half billion partners (laughs) i mean like calendaring just for a few really busy people is already so difficult. Yeah. I mean, I I only calendar for myself and I'm already over this. <laughs> Being busy is the worst. Yeah. Um, so aside from the fact that we're getting proposition online, what's new with you? Oh, um, I'm getting a tattoo tomorrow. Oh, okay. I didn't know when that was happening. Is this the rest of your sleeve? It's uh, the second third. The second third. Okay, okay, okay. I'm keeping up. 
That wasn't me saying KKK. That was me saying okay, okay, okay. I just want to make that clear. We're in a very tense political climate right now if you're listening from the future. I don't want to be associated with white supremacy. Oh my god, the cat just knocked over my phone. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I still hear that you have no control over your life. Um, Before when we were trying to record, Nala was hiding under the couch because it was medicine time and I thought we would just have to like do this recording with me waiting for her to emerge from the couch. Um, <laughs> she, she came out. Uh, you're getting your tattoo. Uh-huh. Uh, for those who have not met you in real life, so all the Russian bots, can you describe what the tattoo is so far? Um, I can't exactly because it's, I just threw a bunch of elements at the tattoo artist and kind of a basic sketch and said, let's just put this together on tattoo day. But it is a, a Pacific Northwest, Lord of the Rings, Terry Pratchett kind of thing. Uh, no, this is a bit different. It ties into that tattoo mm-hmm. in that there will be some uh, cartography elements, a compass, but it's really, it's my Marcy tattoo. Ah, I look forward to seeing what, what, what uh, happens. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> this is the least planned I've ever gone in with, uh, with anything. Um, I've been contemplating getting another tattoo. You know, I have a very, very small Scorpio symbol on my right foot. I've been thinking of getting just the a very small postage stamp size um, outline of an axe, um, kind of on the not um, not directly where like my um, veins are on my wrist, on my left hand, but um, down about an inch or two, and then on the left, so it's like kind of on the curve of my arm. Just like a little teeny tiny, like half inch axe. I don't, I don't, I don't really get the, get the tiny tattoo thing. I don't, I, um, I like the hideability of it. Um, I, I don't mind large tattoos and I mean, I think your tattoos are all very incredibly done. I, um, just for myself, I think I prefer smaller things. And, and that's how I was with, like, piercings, too. Like, when I had my nose pierced, I never really wore, like, big rings or anything like that. I had just, like, a very, very simple, like, flat metal um, stud that looked like a nail head. It was just, like, just, I don't know. It was something, I guess, kind of private for me. I, I think, I don't know. I think tattoos are kind of just, if there's any questions, go bigger. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that I that I feel like uh, for others who, um, if that's what you want for your tattoo, I'm not gonna like crit- critique that. But for me, I I just like, I don't know, just a little something. Not many people have seen my tattoo, um, and that was a choice. I mean, I was like 19, and I was like, no, I want this to be subtle. Um, and <laughs> so one of my very good friends, my best friend at the time got it for me for my birthday and she uh, contacted the tattoo artist and let it, let them know I wanted the Scorpio symbol. And we got to the parlor and he had drawn up like these like monster energy drink or like, um, like highly stylized, like looks like tribal stuff from like the early two thousands. Cause I was like, it was like 2003. So you can imagine what kind of garbage I would have been stuck with <laughs> if I didn't like stick to my guns. Like, no, just, just simple and small, please. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a fair point. 
I've only ever seen one tattoo artist, and I have been going to him for, uh, well, his kids are, like, they've hit puberty now, and I remember when the third youngest one was born. You've been going a while. Yep. We're getting old. Yeah. Yeah. But it's nice to have... (laughs) Uh... Is it a millennial problem that the most stable relationship I have is with the tattoo artist? It's, I mean, I guess longest. Yeah. What longest a... standing. Are you my most stable? I uh, No. No, I'm definitely not. I mean, but what is? I don't know. Is it... I think you are. Is it Chris? I guess so. You keep going back to him. He he gives me something I need. <laughs> we just he laughs at my jokes, no matter how bad they are. Uh, for to clarify, if you're new here, it's not a romantic relationship, even a little bit. Chris is my best male friend, who's been in my life since I was twenty. So we're coming up on fourteen years. Um, and I mean, I, I was in his wedding and stuff like that. And um, he would not disagree with me. He is an asshole. But, you know, it works. It works in its own way. Yeah. It's always nice when you have like a six month stint where you don't talk to him. Yeah. So then I don't have to hear about it. I don't talk about it much when I am talking to him. Yeah, you do. I guess like I'm talking about him right now, but. Anyway. My perception of you is better than your perception of you. You're just going to have to trust me. Great. <laughs> Shall we get into the shows? If we must. Let's talk about Sex in the City. I barely remember it. Um, I watched this when I was in my Airbnb after driving to Boise. Um, and I uh, rem- don't really remember watching this when I was younger. Um but now that I, I'm watching it as an adult, I'm like, whoa, there are some really problematic implications here. So in short, uh, Harry dates a guy who is in AA in his first year. And his sponsor is like, don't get into a relationship in the first year. But he's so close to the end. They're like, whatever, let's just try it. And then it becomes clear that he uh, be- replaces his addiction to alcohol with a- an addiction to having sex with her. Which... Um, I want to dive into that a little bit because I feel like they don't really delicately explain that like that was his circumstance, but that is not the circumstance of all people who deal with addiction. Yeah. You don't, if you, if you have an addictive personality, you don't have to be addicted to one thing intensely at all times. So there, there are people who do replace the addictive properties of alcohol or drugs um, with other things. Um, I know that I, I've heard from people who've worked in like recovery and social work that sometimes they'll replace that with um, exercise or sometimes they'll replace it with going to the meetings itself. Like the actual recovery process becomes addictive, but it's a sometimes thing. It's not an always thing. There are people who have been addicted to stuff and then they um, go through the process of recovery and then they don't like replace it with another addiction. It, it happens. <laughs> like this was a kind of really irresponsible um, 
addict shaming. I think it makes addicts uh, or people who have recovered from addiction look like weak and uh, unstable. Yes. And there are plenty of people who have dealt with a variety of addictions who get through it and they're fine and they don't become like super addicted to having sober sex and, and stuff like that. So great job, Sex in the City. You're so good at what you do. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm just really astounded that this is such a cultural icon for all time. I feel like, I think that because it was one of the first shows that really even talked about these things, that it didn't matter that it was doing it terribly. It was just the first time people were really seeing it happen. And that's why it was so sensational. It's like, if you watch, did you ever watch Will and Grace? No. It has some really problematic ways that it depicts um gay people and some stereotypes and uh it it even had a very like indelicate indelicate handling of like the first same six same sex kiss on television but because it was the first thing like it it has this mega impact on television that came after it and it was the first thing of its kind that was on primetime television so it's going to hold this spot of just being like a pioneer, even if it was like not a good pioneer necessarily in Will and Grace's case, but a shitty pioneer in Sex and the City. It's like very Manifest Destiny. Like it's very much how white people did a lot of stuff. So, of course, it's like colonialism. It's bad. <laughs> well, we did find, uh, we found a a link not between Sex and the City and Adventure Time, but a link between Sex and the City and Broad City. Uh, which part? Uh, I was talking to you about how Samantha was saying, like, look, man, in a decade, everybody's just going to be pansexual. You're not <laughs> going to have sex with person based on identity. You're just going to have sex with person. I forgot that I sent you the gift <laughs> of Ilana saying, like, well, like in the future, statistically, everybody's going to be caramel and queer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Samantha gets propositioned by a, a gay couple who wants to have sex with a woman for the first time. And she's extremely flattered by it. And then as they're in the process of um, engaging, like they, they're in bed with her, they're starting to kiss her and she's wearing a negligee at like 10 seconds. And they're like, I can't do this. and so she's essentially just like rejected in the moment um which is is shitty it's like uh, you guys could have decided you didn't you couldn't do this like five minutes ago yeah or i don't know there's got to be a compromise yeah or like I, I don't want anybody to do anything they're comfortable with, but maybe they could have, maybe they give, maybe they need to give it a little bit more of effort than they did, or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just go back to, I don't know, making out. That can be fun. Yeah, and who cares, like, what the gender is of the person you're making out with? Kissing is nice. Yeah, it's true. And it's having kissed both men and women pretty great, regardless. <laughs> yeah, at uh, one of my jobs. <laughs> when I was dating a man at the time, if a, a friend of mine, a girl, and I were bored, we would just make out. 
for fun. Nobody even cared or looked. Okay. Uh, so, sh- Charlotte. So, I mean, those guys could have just... They could have been a little more sensitive. Yeah. Are you starting... How much are you, like, identifying with or at least being sympathetic towards Samantha? I'm I'm being sympathetic to her. Yeah. But, like, more and more as the show progresses, she's saying things you agree with. She's... Um, experiencing some situations that you may have experienced similar situations of I I don't think that's true I mean just in the like I don't know liberalness of experience and being welcome to all comers pun intended being being a messy slut no I'm not saying that I'm (laughs) I'm not Charlotte I'm just, I'm just saying, like, she is the most liberated, albeit the way that she's written is not great. She's clearly the most liberated. Yeah, I do. I did like in this episode that she told Carrie that for a sex columnist, you're really close minded. She's so bad. (laughs) So so Charlotte has an experience. She's dating a doctor and he's exhausted all the time and they're having sex and he falls asleep inside her. Um, which she has like an emotional breakdown over. Um, and so she signs all the girls up for a tantric sex workshop. <laughs> that was weird. That was such a weird scene that they dragged out. Okay. So <laughs> Miranda had been putting new sheets on her bed because she wants to like bring positive energy to her bedroom. So she's putting brand new sheets on her bed that she just put on out of the package. She didn't wash them first. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to wash the sheets first. Just saying this show is bad. Um, so they are, and she's just like, um, why me? I can't find a guy, blah, blah, blah. I'm self-pitying. And I realized that um, I am probably not even affecting my voice right now. because that's probably just how I sound. Um, she's, clearly painted as like the most pathetic of the friends group so charlotte has dragged them all to this tantric tantric sex workshop in this woman's apartment she's like some eastern european woman who wears gauzy tops um and she's giving a lecture and uh carrie samantha and miranda are like laughing all the way through it um and then the the woman who leads the workshop brings her husband out and he takes off a robe and she proceeds to, like, give him a tantric hand job. Um, and it just goes on for, like, God, how long do you think it was going on? I think she said it was, like, 90 minutes. And so he's, like, getting worked up. <laughs> it's, like, and it was, like, cut scene, cut scene, cut scene. It clearly is going on a while. And Miranda's, like, oh, my God, he's gonna. And then he comes and it gets in her hair and on her face and it's like I don't even know how to describe how awful that seemed it was it was odd and you could tell that they had just used like some kind of paste that they splatted on her right I mean obviously but they didn't even make it look real well, this show is known for its accuracy and depiction of all things. <laughs> um, 
So that happened, and everyone's laughing at her because, of course, she's the butt of the joke. Charlotte goes and gives her doctor man a hand job, and he he's hella into it. Charlotte, no, not Charlotte. Miranda is in her new bed with her new sheets, and she's wiping her hair and her face with tissues obsessively in the spot where she was defiled. And it's like, fucking just take a shower, right? I'm sure she did. You think she, like, I, I feel like if I took a shower in that situation, I'd be fine. Maybe it's just hard to feel clean after something like that. I don't know. There was no splash zone warning. It's just so weird. Why did why did that have to happen? Are they just like we really hate Cynthia Nixon this much? I guess so. Was was this written by someone named Cuomo? <laughs> I mean, why not why not to Carrie? Yeah. I feel like Samantha- Or it, you know, I think it would have been funniest if it was Charlotte because she's the one that dragged them all there. Right. That would have been pretty funny. Um, Samantha probably would have like taken it in stride. Carrie would have gotten squicked out and like further you know, cemented her prude status. But like Miranda is just getting shit on repeatedly in this show. Just constantly. Yeah, I don't know what to say. Oh, I don't know if it gets better. Kingsley just climbed on the mantle to get catnip. Give me a minute. Keep talking about sex in the city. I don't want to. Okay, then talk about Adventure Time. Oh, you can still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm just walking across the living room. Well, I didn't know that you were on speaker. Yeah, I'm on speaker. Oh, what did you like about this episode? Um, I liked that Samantha told Carrie that she was really closed-minded for a sex columnist. Like, that's her job. And every time Samantha presents her with some exotic situation, she's like, ew, ew, ew. That's not binary. (laughs) I'm almost back with you. I'm just refreshing my beverage. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I could read from my favorite chapter of Wind in the Willows, The Piper at the Gates of Dawn. I'm here. You don't need to do that. Although you're welcome to record it yourself and send it to me and I'll upload it. How would that? Yeah, I guess next time we do our own, (laughs) our separate recordings. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. This is our thing and no one fucking listens. It's true. And also, we're making a change to shout outs, I've decided. Yeah, and I... You get a shout out when you let us know that you still listen to this. Yeah, I don't think anybody is. I don't think uh, Blank is still listening. And I know for sure Blank isn't listening. Yeah. If Blank were still listening, they would have said something. Mm Mm-hmm. How's it feel? How's it feel, Blank? <laughs> I I think it's very liberating. Yep, because this list is a pain in the ass. And we never know how to say it in unison. It's never happened once. Never. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, you know, Blank, if you're listening, thank you. And I just want to add, Blank, you know what you did, and fuck you. And... 
if you are listening, you can tell us and tell us your name and we'll say your name. And apologize. <laughs> Maybe. No, they need to apologize to us. I'm not apologizing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not apologizing to anyone. <laughs> yeah. So you're sorry. <laughs> let's talk about Adventure Time. Yeah, let's. So the first episode we watched was Too Young. Mm-hmm. where we get um, introduced to a character who I have seen before, but I could not remember when they came in. What happens? Nothing. Okay. Um, <laughs> do you want to describe this show, this episode? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so this is, this is a follow-up to Princess Bubblegum losing five years off her life through the lich attack. So she's still 13, which is the same age as Finn. He turned 13 on the birthday train and uh, she's like playing around with Finn and they're having fun and she's kind of hugging him and he's going like, Ooh, that's a blushing. That's, yeah. that's an adorable high cheeked blushing. <laughs> and all of a sudden this guy with kind of a lemon drop head and really shrill voice, um, a professor brothers voice <laughs> professor brothers <laughs> well it's been a while uh, yeah <laughs> um justin roiland voices this character whose trademark is yelling unacceptable mm-hmm. in a very very shrill way and he reveals that he is next in line for the candy kingdom throne because he's actually related to princess bubblegum she made him he's her uncle and he was the first of her experiments to go wrong. And she's too young to be on the throne because she's 13 now. So he has to be the next on it. And So he, he sends the castle staff to the dungeon. And then brings them back so that they can feed and wait on him. Uh, and you get a little more of Peppermint Butler in this. Not really anything else from the castle staff. But... Princess Bubblegum and Finn are thinking of ways to get rid of him. And there's this really cute scene where they go in quietly and set up a Rube Goldberg device it was with like a lot of little gnomes. and so funny when the acorn drops down and the little gnome reaches for it and his arms yeah. are like wiggling because he can't reach the acorn. <laughs> very, very cute. And it, all it does is drop down a, a sign that they could have just put up in front of him for when he woke up, which is like you smell like you smell like dog buns. You smell like dog buns. <laughs> Kingsley. I swear to God, cat. Thank you. <laughs> See, I have some control. No, you don't. Um, they, but they're like they they're, they're like merry pranksters. And what is the potion that Bubblegum makes that is? It's so, just really spicy. So spicy. And uh, they they try Finn's way of doing a prank, which is to put sheets over themselves like little ghosts. And then they run up to Lemon Grab in the hall and punch him. (laughs) 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 This show, this this episode is pretty uh, fun on the like, what does a 13 year old think a prank is? Versus like what is actually a prank. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's like knock knock. Who's there? Uh, but <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it's really cute. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's also a fun scene where they're going to pour the spice. Oh, <laughs> you know, the, the whole thing's just, it is a fun episode. Mm-hmm. Lemon Grab announces to Peppermint Butler that he doesn't know where food comes from. And Peppermint Butler starts to explain that, like, my lord, food. <laughs> he gets cut off and says, no, I don't want to know. That's what makes me royal and you servile. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and the, in this scene, um, Bubblegum and Finn are like in the attic, uh, preparing to drop the potion into the food. But they, they accidentally get a drop in Peppermint Butler's eye. <laughs> he just screams, <laughs> and then they like they like like signal to him like play it cool, man. <laughs> so he's like dealing with this like swollen eye, and he's trying to be like, what did he say? Like I'm. I'm just, I'm just so excited about this food I made you. Yeah. <laughs> and then they finally um, get it into Lemon Grab's dinner. And uh, he, like, eats dirt. Um, he gets the spice in him a couple times. And he, like, puts Peppermint Butler in his mouth. Or, like, Peppermint Butler lands in his mouth. Um, a lot of visual gags in this. In this yeah, one. it's very visually appealing. Like, um when lemon grab laughs because he's like showing that he's in on the joke and he won't be mm-hmm. driven away by such pranks it's his whole body holds still and it's like just his head sort of rocks back and forth and up and down gyrating wildly <laughs> yeah um so he ultimately puts everyone in the dungeon um everyone and uh there is no other way to resolve this issue bubblegum realizes she needs to become 18 again so uh they are figuring out how to get that done and she needs to get uh supplies to like reconstruct herself and it involves uh, sugar yeah, she needs like candy biomass um and she doesn't have any but all of the other uh residents of the candy kingdom who are in the dungeon donate parts of their bodies which is so sweet literally Uh, and they like build her back up um and she like says a goodbye to finn in this state because uh you know it's pretty clear that they had a flirtation a mutual flirtation as their 13 year old selves and they needed a good love hug to make all the Make it work so that she could grow back yeah, up again. Yeah, a whomping love hug. So it happens, and then Bubblegum's 18, and she yells out from the window, like, hey, lemon crab, like, get out of You're here. Fired. <laughs> You're fired. You're <laughs> fired. Just a sense. <laughs> it's, it's done. And uh, uh, at the end, it was um, cute but sad. Finn was like, uh, so do you want to hug some more <laughs> she's like oh Finn that was five years ago <laughs> that was sad and then he goes to Jake and he's like it's over man <laughs> oh poor Finn but it was very cute very cute and very very chaste like 13 year old flirtation happening it was sweet. yeah overall adorable yes a very cute episode I um 
unless he's just so iconic from this one episode lemon grab comes back is that Mm -hmm. correct he is a a uniquely terrible one and enjoyable to watch and um i look forward to that that was it was good yeah i really enjoy lemon grab's arc through this show Yes, this episode was um, sweet and fun and bright and colorful and in the Candy Kingdom and nice and good. And a little sad, too, for Finn, but good. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's Finn dealing with, like, puppy love heartbreak. Yeah, which feels like real heartbreak when you're 13. Because that's all you Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. All right. Anything else on this episode? No. You? No. The next episode we are getting into, I've actually been kind of dreading us talking about because it involves Lumpy Space Princess and her fraught relationship with her parents. And I feel like I'm going to get personally attached in this conversation. What? Why do you think that? Are there any parallels? I think you have drawn a lot of parallels. What do you think? I have not run away from home. So. (laughs) What do you want from me? Admit that you're her. I'm not her. You are. She's worse. No, she's not. Hmm. I'm not that bad. Oh, Kelly. I'm not that bad. Oh, boy. Explain this episode. Finn and Jake are... I like that they start out by... They're just, like, hanging out and singing songs and making stuff up. And yelling pizza. Because it's the kind of thing that you do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all of us. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, there's a royal messenger from Lumpy Space with a message from the king and queen of Lumpy Space asking them to help find Lumpy Space Princess because she hasn't come home for a while and they're just distraught. And Finn says that he and Jake are are on it and they're really upset. So he has Jake show them his muscles to like calm them (laughs) down. (laughs) And they go and they run into these tiny humanoids that have fled their village because a monster has been eating all of their crops. So they carry, like, as a side quest, they carry these guys back to their village, and the they say that the monster's living in the windmill. Um, Finn and Jake have sandwiches with them, which they can't give these tiny people because they are for Lumpy Space Princess. Yeah, they're just not their sandwiches to give. Yep, they can't do it. Sorry. And... They go into the windmill and ask Lumpy Space Princess if she's making out with the monster. And <laughs> she says that she is the monster while she's eating her sandwiches. She's... <laughs> I'm not going to interrupt. Go ahead. So it, the most interesting part of this episode is LSP's backstory for how she ended <laughs> up there. Uh, her parents wanted her to visit more. And she said, no way. You can keep your sandwiches. And ran away with no plan. 
uh, had to spend a night in the woods and tried to make a little house out of acorns that was like a, like a little form-fitting hut that just <laughs> fell apart. Then some wolves picked her up and took her back and she was narrating that Mama Wolf said this is a special child and she needs special love. And Papa Wolf said such and such a thing. And Finn said, oh, so these were talking wolves. And she said, no, they're not. I could tell from body language. (laughs) And she actually has a pretty good time with the wolves. Like, they go out stealing pumpkins. But the drama starts. So it's just her with some animals. And she decides that there are complex hierarchical social relationships that don't in fact exist and decides that she's she's a messy bitch and she loves this and she's like slapping the wolves and telling them not to cheat on each other because they're grooming each other (laughs) like i so i saw him making out with her and it's very like the real world or like the bachelor and she's like making up this whole relationship between the wolves that they are just wolves <laughs> so she, there she is strikes no them and starts screaming so they they turn on her <laughs> they're biting her and like pulling her body this way and that it's pretty hilarious so she runs away from the wolves and then comes upon this little village and just starts eating their crops. Now, at some point in this process, we had seen that LSP had been living in the woods um, and eating beans and stuff. Um, do you think this was during this period or before this period? Or um, where do you think that lines up chronologically? Well, I think she was visiting her folks' house. From her log in the woods. When they. They pressured her into being home more. Or moving back in. So she had gotten to the village. With these tiny little hominids. And was muddy. And just eating the shit out of their crops. (laughs) (laughs) Like. Just like stalks of corn or whatever. Like it was. There was no like there was no rhyme or reason to it. She was just shoving everything in She can't even have been that hungry. No, right? Like, how long would she have been away from the wolves? Like an hour? They were eating. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe she just wasn't that into eating, like, corpses, cadavers, carcasses. Pick a word. So, um, she's in the windmill. Yeah, and they they talk to her about how she has stolen the villagers food and she's like don't say that you guys um, it'll make me feel bad <laughs> don't call me racist i would feel so bad if you called me racist <laughs> or and then like there's nothing worse than being accused of being a bad person <laughs> so she apologizes <laughs> and she shares her sandwiches with the villagers and uh, they're like, she's like, these are sandwiches from my parents. You don't understand. And they're like, we are parents. Your parents? Like, my parents are parents? 
<laughs> oh, and she gets hyper emotional remembering that she has parents that care about her. And uh, she is driven to reconciliation with them. Kind of. I, I don't think she's like really welcome back in that village. Reconciliation with her parents. Oh, yeah. Uh, which means she shows up and eats sandwiches and they're happy that she's there. Which I can sort of relate to that. But I'm not like that big of a dick to my parents. No, you're not. Were you ever? Oh, yeah, when I was a teenager. Okay. Is Lumpy Space Princess a teenager? I think she's kind of bubblegum age. Oh, so 18. Yeah, I was pretty bad when I was 18. I'll freely admit that I was like not good, even a little good when I was a teenager. I was bad. And I wasn't like bad, like like I wasn't getting suspended from high school. I was just like angry at everyone and thought I knew everything. I was a dick to my parents. I'm gonna, I'll admit that. But I'm not like that now. Well, you are still extra. Oh, sure. You are still very about like your own narrative, which is different from reality. Not delusional, mm. though. Mm. You think I'm mentally ill? What are you? What do you? What do the you LSP mean? thinks that she's like just the best, and people owe her tribute because she's just awesome. Okay, what's your point? I. I see a parallel between the two of you. You're independent and uh, love that you're big and extra. And I've heard you get just as excited about beans. When have I gotten that excited about beans? You've gotten excited about beans plenty. I feel like this is fiction. It's not. I remember you talking to me about beans for a long time. And how you you get them dry from Winco and it's such a good deal and beans are such a superfood and you just love beans and you're soaking some beans and you're making this out of your beans. Okay, so yesterday... (laughs) I have, backstory, I have been starting to um, feel a little bit weird about eating beef. Uh, I saw a video of a cow that was playing catch with a person. They were throwing like a big like yoga ball and the cow was like getting it and bringing it back to the person. And I was like, oh fuck, now I can't eat cows. Um, and I, when I was driving to Salt Lake City and back, uh, I saw a lot of cows. And um, they just look sweet and and nice. And I don't think I can eat beef anymore. Um, so I bought beans yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm going to, um, because I really do like burgers so much. But I was thinking I would try to make bean, black bean burgers again. Um, so I could still, because I, I feel like the things I like the most about burgers are the toppings anyway. So I think I'm going to cut down, if not totally quit eating beef. 
it's not to say I'm not gonna I'm probably still gonna at least eat chicken uh, and maybe some other meat definitely fish I don't have a problem with eating fish but I think I'm gonna cut down on if not quit beef so I'm thinking about beans as a good substitute um but I also bought Boca burgers which are not straight up beans so it's not like beans are like my favorite thing in the world okay (laughs) they're okay (laughs) they're not everything they're not everything (laughs) cows are just their faces they're so sweet I don't think I can do it anymore well, that's a good story about beans. I think it's a good story about me, like, feeling connected to cows. Even when I was a vegan, I was like, I don't really care. I don't even know why I'm doing this. But now I'm like, oh, but the cows are so sweet and their eyelashes are so, they flutter. Cows are just <sighs> adorable. I don't know. Anyway. I'm not one of these space Okay? Well, I don't agree. Are you eating? Yeah. What are you eating? Some chocolate. It has coconut in it. If you were going to say beans, I swear to God. This was a fun episode. I feel like... Um, Exploring more of LSP's backstory is interesting and fun. Um, She is an entertaining, over-the-top character. And um, I may uh, disagree with your assessment of of her. Um, I still think she's a fun one to watch. Yeah, you would. Why, like, why are you attacking me? Because I just, you are LSP and you just need to, you need to sit with that. No. 13 year old me was definitely, but me now, no, no. Better than that. I don't think LSP donates to ACL. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think LSP recycles. I'm a good person. Oh my gosh. There are episodes <laughs> where LSB says that. <laughs> I'm a good person, you guys. But I like I like have the receipts to prove it. <laughs> I don't know how you can even tolerate me sometimes. Yeah. Well, we'll always have this podcast. You you don't hate me, though. No, but would it get you really spun up if I just didn't say anything? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm working on being less extra. It's a process. Oh, yeah. How's therapy going? Mine's going okay. Um, we're kind of spacing out my visits a little bit more. It's more like um, once every three to four weeks right now. Um, it's good. I've been trying to trying to have the discussions be about more than just what's happening at work. 
um, work has been, there have been some things that keep happening and things that I haven't even told you about yet. Um, especially things that happened today. I just didn't want to burden you with what happened today, but, um, work is a constant source of, um, frustration and I don't know, a sense of futility. So that's been a focus, but, um, we're starting to talk a little bit more about self-care and, and other things like that. It's things are like, just when I think things are starting to look a little more promising with like life outlook and situations at work and things like that, things happen and just immediately like undo all the progress. So it's been a, it's been a challenging, it's been a challenging couple of months. So working on that with my therapist so. Yeah. Therapy is, it's work. Yeah. It's tough. I always kind of think ahead about what I want to talk about and it's never what we end up talking about. No, I, uh, I'll make a little list. I did talk to my therapist this time about how I think I want to go back on Wellbutrin. Um, we talked a little bit about why I feel that way. And she um, wants me to make an appointment with my um, primary care physician, which I did, but it's not for a, a little while. Things are hard to schedule right now. So it's going to be the end of next month, which is kind of a ways out, but I think I can probably hold out until then. Getting surgery um, next month before I get to that point so I'll have a couple weeks out of the office so that'll be a break that'll be fun yeah I mean I'll probably still work from home some but it, it'll be nice to not be in a toxic environment yeah for a couple of weeks I'm getting my tubes tied next year are you good job the supreme court is all fucked up now so you yeah should. I am going to I don't like the side effects of my IUD and I like I've made this decision a long time ago and now I have insurance yeah yeah you do you need to use it I have been um, contemplating getting some form of like semi-permanent birth control um, because I still go back and forth about whether or not I would want to have a child at some point so I don't think I want to go all the way through with like a tubal ligation or something like that um and i'm as it has been well established on this podcast i'm not sexually active nor do i plan to be in the immediate future but who the fuck knows so i might as well get an iud or um get the implant in the arm or whatever it is just to like have some sort of safeguard because who the hell knows what's going to happen anymore with the way the supreme court is set up right now I'm just going to render myself infertile, so I'll be sent to work in the wastelands. Are you talking, like, Handmaid's yeah. Tale? Did you watch it yet? No, it's still, like, it's too much. Yeah, I've had, like, conversation with a few women I know, and they just don't think they can do it right now. It's too close to... And I think people are like, oh, that's, like, so dramatic of you to think The Handmaid's Tale is similar to our situation but it's, it's like it's kind of not it started, gra- it started gradually in the show 
And it's a very similar gradual progression to what we're currently experiencing. So like, fuck everyone who thinks that that might not be our future because it very well really hard not to think of senator collins as serena joy oh my god oh my god i didn't even think about that and i've heard reports recently about declining birth rates which is one of the reasons that the fundamentalism in the in the handmaid's tale is so um well received is a way to like increase the amount of babies that are being born white babies no, no, no. They don't care what color the babies are in The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, really? That's new. I mean, that's that's different from this reality. <laughs> I, uh, I think this reality that we're living in right now is um, also people don't necessarily care about what color the babies are. Because I just read a report that um, the um, children that have been seized from undocumented people are silently, quietly, secretively being adopted in America. Yeah, that's called which ab- means abducted. That- that's called kidnapped. Um, so I don't think people really care what color the children are. I think that they're just interested in taking other people's children right mm. now. So that's great. That's cool. Everything's fine. Everything's fine right now. The Supreme Court is totally a legitimate body that decides so many important questions, especially for people like women and minorities right now. Cool. Well, you know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do? Culture shout outs? No, I'm going to give you a present, um, which you can decide whether or not you share on other platforms. I'm going to send you all the videos that Jeff sent me while I was on TV at the soccer game this weekend. Oh, I have those. He sent them to you? Yeah, I have some stills printed out. No, you yeah, don't. I do. Where? You'll see. What did I do? Uh, you waved your middle finger around. You waved your scarf. And then you sort of did like a little scarfy wave dance. And I was telling Jeff not to send you those videos because then you'd like tone it down. And you kind of did in the third video. I can't believe he sent those to you. Why could you not believe that? <laughs> I because. I thought he would just like laugh about it with me and then not punish. Me. Oh no, no, I have them. I've had them yeah. for since the instant that he had them. Damn it! I I wanted to show them to you as a special laugh to like make you feel better about things, but he took that from me. <laughs> I I felt better about things. You know what? I was having a fucking great time. I could tell, and. And um, I made some friends and um, I led a lot of chants because people just weren't starting any of them. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And I've been to a lot of away games and chants start to die down. And I'm like, we need to keep it loud and keep it proud. So I just kept starting them, even though like my social anxiety was kind of like combating with that idea. And it was just, man, I had a good time. I needed that the whole time this weekend that I spent on the road, I was listening to podcasts that weren't um, necessarily current events or anything like that. And then I was at the game. So I really wasn't engaging with the um, Kavanaugh confirmation at all. So I, I just kind of had like a few days of complete disengagement with everything. Um, 
and it was kind of disorienting to come back and see how angry and upset everybody was and rightfully so but I I I needed that break a little bit it was kind of I, I came back and I wasn't so tired I'm so tired every weekend of just being on Twitter the whole time yeah I get that we live in hell yeah we live in the bad place yeah I'm I'm glad you're getting your tubes tied me too not because I don't think if you had a kid it I mean it would be cute and you'd be good a good mom but you don't want a kid so this is what you want and that's what you should get as soon as possible Everyone should be able to make their own reproductive decisions. And I don't know why that's a controversial statement. Should we do pop culture shout outs? Yeah. Do you want to go first? Um, I don't have one. <laughs> Who um, liked your post on Instagram? Oh, Chelsea Kane did. I, I like to think of it as our risque bathtub post. Mm. Is it ours? <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm getting it this weekend. Chelsea Kane, a local author, has who did a, a run of Mockingbird and just had her run of The Vision canceled by Marvel for no reason, uh, is working on another series through Image called Maneaters. And it is about a... Uh, dystopic future in which or maybe present in which when girls start menstruating they turn into giant cat monsters that kill men so the government starts trying to stop girls from getting their periods I like the killing men part (laughs) (laughs) so it sounds pretty good and I'm really looking forward to checking it out so why um, why did she engage with her Instagram? Because I posted a picture of my legs in the bathtub and I had used a fancy bath bomb that made the water look like blood. And I said we were, I missed the, the launch party at Books with Pictures. So just kind of hanging with like a period bath bomb. And she said, okay, this is the best. <laughs> so uh maybe she'll listen to our podcast i, I doubt it i ho- kind of hope she doesn't yeah. <laughs> we say some pretty important things but if she wants to engage with us on instagram more i'm into that you just keep tagging her and periody stuff and maybe that'll work i've got a lot of it <laughs> okay 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 and i had a period blowout last week i was telling um co-worker from work because we just ordered these kind of, kind of nice chairs that uh at some point one or both of us is going to stop and realize that we just started our period in the 1500 dollars chair <laughs> And then she said, maybe we should, like, make some special cushions. And I said, yes, moon cushions. (laughs) (laughs) 
I've been, um, usually I can kind of anticipate when I'm going to get my period and I can kind of like plan ahead, but then sometimes I just like walk out of a meeting at work and I'm like, fuck everyone in that meeting. And then I go to the bathroom. I'm like, oh shit, that meeting made my period start. (laughs) I use an app. (laughs) No, I have an app and it tells me like around what day, but it's usually within like a day or two. But, like, the exact moment that my period's going to start is usually, like, filled with deep anger right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the, that's the trigger. Floodgates. Um, my pop, uh, pop culture. I have found, um, it's been recommended to me on uh, YouTube for a while because I watch a lot of British television. But I um, didn't uh, really give in until, I don't know, like sometime last week is a show and like as far as I can tell all episodes are on YouTube but it's been um airing on the BBC since like 1964 it's called University Challenge and it's kind of like Jeopardy and it um they are all extremely bright students from places like Oxford Cambridge whatever whatever and um it's more intense trivia than Jeopardy, and I am watching it obsessively, and it has rekindled in me a desire to um, get myself ready to become a contestant on Jeopardy at some point. So I have been um, starting to study, making flashcards. I've taken the online test a couple of times, and I didn't do very well, so I know I need to sharpen a few subject areas like the sciences and things like that, um, and I am very very proud of myself when I get things correct on this show because it is pretty uh like real serious academic trivia so makes me feel a little smart when I get a question right um anyway it's good fun and these college students are um they're like 20 and they all wear like berets and think they're very serious so it's fun (laughs) uh anyway YouTube it's free Watch YouTube forever. Who cares about engaging with capitalism? Turn on your ad blocker and just go for it. All right. Well, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, do we want to do our thank yous? Or is that Which from the? Are... Is that the same as shoutouts? Our our thank yous to our friends, which are nobody. Yeah. Thanks, no one. Yeah. Thank you, no one. Happy Valentine's Day, nobody. Um, please send me a selfie of you recording. <laughs> okay. So that I can post it on Instagram for Emily and Chelsea Kane to see. And my comic <laughs> book shop. We should, we should record with Emily again soon. Yeah, I think she'd like that. We kind of owe her. Yeah. Um, well, that's all from me. And I think that's all from you. Thank you so much for listening. We can be found on Facebook. No. Um, please don't find Sex us on Time Podcast. <laughs> Sex Time Podcast on Twitter at Sex Time Pod and our um, Instagram is Sex Time Pod. All right. Well, thank you again. Um, and goodbye. And I am not Lumpy Space.